0: the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom.
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders leaders. Glad to have you listening in this week. It's going to be a fun conversation, Talk about some serious stuff, but I'm always glad to be here with my good friend, pal, buddy, all those things, Danny Smith. Danny, how are you? Hey,
0: Ben. I am good. Friend-do. The friendy. I I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something friendly, like that. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I find very quickly that I am not up to date on jargon, um, <laughs> and, and I probably never was, to be honest. I was probably always just a step behind anyway, but especially these days. So a couple of nights ago, um, my kids are having this conversation. Of course, they're all teenagers and uh, I'll probably make them sound a little, you know, dorkier than they are. They're very cool kids, but uh, no, they were, they were saying something about a kid that liked this girl uh, that they know at school. Long story short, they kept saying, yeah, she's bad. She's bad. And I'm like, why does this kid like her? if She's bad. They're like, no, no, it means that it means she's a cool girl. (laughs) I was like, well, can you not just say the word cool because I'm really struggling over here. So yeah, maybe my jargon needs to be better.
1: So even the jargon is kind of cyclical, you know, style and fashion comes back in cycles and some of the eighties and hairstyles and clothing styles come back. I think yes. wasn't it bad was like a, and that's bad was something we said back this, this in the This is true, day. it's bad
0: to the bone, right? Yeah, I heard I a mean, guy, no, no kidding. I heard a guy at a fast food restaurant like two years ago talking about this car that he had and he used the phrase bad to the bone like 12 times and i told to listen, i went I, I haven't heard somebody use that phrase in a legitimate descriptive way in years but that dude was rocking man he was this old rocker guy so it was, it was hilarious he's probably um,
1: been using it since it was originally oh, he never knew going. it went out that's, that's right.
0: right he just he just waited for it to cycle back around so and this brings up a good point ben. You talked about hairstyles and you talked about fashion styles is there a fashion or a hairstyle that Ben South wants no one to know that he ever
1: rocked? <laughs> Not really. I had some of the parachute pants, but there I was pretty it much standard. Yeah. I've never really been accused of being too cool or too trendy. And matter yeah. of fact, my daughter this morning, I was asking her, I was I try to get her permission because what I wear, if it's okay. And I said, Hey, does this look okay? And she says, Well. Looks like something you'd wear. Like, it's like, that's so great. <laughs> so I don't know if that's good or bad. So I will yeah, yeah, yeah. was we'll comfortable.
0: It. Yeah. <laughs> as long as she's not like throwing up, you know, she's good. And so it is funny though when like kids find old pictures and they're like, why were you wearing that? And you go, because it was cool at the time. And I'm like you. I've never been real trendy, real cool. Probably, you know, if I even tried, it would just look really, really foolish. But uh it is funny when kids, my kids are so, you know, they why would you wear that? What, what were you thinking? On
1: that? <laughs> but you know, the older I get, it's more of a, you know, I just want to be who I am. I just want to be comfortable when I yeah. wear clothes, but I, I really, and everywhere, I just want to be who I am, be genuine and be me, just be Ben. Absolutely.
0: So. Hey, I even ask this question now when I, when I buy new clothes, which is not often, but you know, I'm a jeans and t-shirt guy, you know, khakis and a polo type of guy, but I will. I always ask my wife and really even like you i ask my daughter now and i'm like listen is this appropriate for somebody my age right you know because i see guys my age and our age and above and i'm like man you'll need to give it up just just give it up you know go ahead and embrace the dad zone or the the older dude zone but anyway I, you know sometimes i think that uh finding those old pictures i go boy i want no one to know about that so <laughs> let's just leave that in the past and you know, as we talk about it, it kind of makes me think, Ben, uh, how much is too much sometimes in ministry of what people know about you? Um, So we talked confidentiality last time. So this is maybe the cousin of confidentiality, uh, but maybe transparency, like how much do we share?
1: Yeah, I like to be genuine and real, but sometimes you can be too much of that and you can be too too casual. So I don't know, it's a good topic because I think today in culture, transparency is a is a valued commodity i think younger people they want to know that you're genuine that you're transparent that you're real that you don't have everything figured out that you're not you know everything in your life isn't perfect so there is some transparency that is valuable in the culture today but i think sometimes we can go to the point of trying to be so transparent that we probably kind of swing back the pendulum the other way from trying to avoid being standoffish and aloof and above everybody we swing back so far the other way that it's like you know everybody knows everything about everything we've ever done and said and thought so uh, maybe there is a balance there and how transparent we should be in ministry
0: yeah i mean i think it's all going to fall back on a couple of things that we can sort of unpack one is Dealing with our ego. Right. I think that that always plays into it. But but just think biblically in a in a it's a wisdom issue of how much to share uh, and when to share. So maybe kind of the same investigative questions that we use, the who, the what, the when, the where, how all those things kind of working together. Uh, You know, I'm thinking that, you know, we live in a day and age where like information overload is in fact that even that phrase is even out of date. I mean, because we were using that years ago, uh, is that that people have more information at their fingertips now. So they are able to to find these things out about us. And so, yeah, maybe we can just start with some of those investigative questions of, of of maybe what, when, where, how it's appropriate to share. So maybe let's start at a, a big level view, right? So there are some people in your church that only know you. As your ministry role, Um, they don't know you as the college football fan that you are on Saturdays. They don't know what it's like to see you at the mall buying clothes. They don't know what it's like for you to be on vacation. I remember my dad, who was a pastor, a kid came to my house one time and he was just, you know, he had this weird look. I'm like, what is wrong with you? He's like, dude, your dad's wearing shorts. And I was like, yeah, you know, he's a real person. So,
1: let's think about it's hot it's it's hot we're
0: in the (laughs) south yeah he's wearing shorts but it is you forget that people only see you uh in this big picture uh position that you're in even no matter the size of your church. so what are some ways let's think about it at that level what are some ways to a to avoid ego where all we do is share about ourselves but also letting people in and letting them know okay this is a real person and they have real struggles and they have hobbies and you know what does that look like what are some tangible ways we as ministers can can do that well
1: i think part of it would be in the way when we teach and preach and that we relate personally to those things i mean when we have struggles in areas i think we can share some of those things from the pulpit from the teaching platform or wherever you're teaching and let them know you know if it's you know um gluttony or if it's pride or if it's envy or uh, coveting some of those things I mean those are all things that ministers struggle with as well and lust and everything else the whole gamut on different levels maybe for every person but we do struggle in those areas so I think part of it is just being transparent and saying look I struggle in this area now I don't think in a pulpit or teaching you necessarily need to go in all the depths and all the details for every area where you sin and where you struggle but I think part of that is just letting them know, look, this is not just something I'm teaching you and telling you to get right. It's something I'm teaching to myself that I need to fix this area. I need to prioritize Christ more than I do. I need to be more devoted to Scripture. I need to be more faithful in my witnessing. I need to be more uh, Christ-like in so many different avenues and show here's the way I it works out in my life. And so I think sometimes when we're teaching, when we're preaching, we can give that level of transparency with that and saying, here's how that looks for me. It may look differently for them, but give an example and show that, hey, I'm not a perfect person. I don't have it all together. I do need to work. There's still sanctification going on in my life. And and I think at times we can point to specific things. I don't think in the pulpit is the place to go to, um, you know, go into all the details of your sin. Uh, all You know, that's not the place to confess it necessarily. I remember years ago hearing about a, guy talking into a youth group and was talking about sexual purity and those things and and spent 30 minutes talking about all the areas he had committed sexual sin like probably didn't need to go into that much detail about where he had failed but sometimes you do say you know i struggle in this area too it's a temptation for me it's it's a an issue that i have to work to keep my life in the right way so i'm not immune from these temptations I think that's enough in some scenarios, some depending on the situation, how large the group is, where you are, you might can share more, sometimes maybe a little less. But we, I think just in the presentation, personalize these things when we can to show we're human, we have failures, we are made of you know flesh and blood just like they are.
0: Yeah, I think too, as you kind of think along those lines, I think something to come alongside that is not only in the teaching and the preaching, that ministering part, but but being normal in how you teach and preach and deliver that. You know, if if people are talking to you before the service and then you magically morph into Adrian Rogers in the pulpit, at least you try to voice-wise, looks-wise, mannerisms-wise. Again, that seems that seems um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not genuine, disingenuine. I think I don't know if that's the right word or not, but it, it doesn't seem like it's right. And and that immediately aids to to the problem that we're kind of talking about is it's just being normal, letting people know you as a normal person. Again, I think underlying all of this is that wisdom that says just because I'm trying to be normal or I'm going to take Paul's admonition to be all things to all people to this degree that maybe he did not intend for it to go, I think helps us understand that when I'm watching a game with people, you know, something I found out being over the years is that I have friends now that, that I was their pastor first. And I got to tell you that the transition from being their pastor to simply just somebody who was their friend hasn't been all that smooth at times, because even though I tried to be normal and I, I tried to let them, you know, in my teaching and preaching, whatever it may be, people still view you in that big picture role. So sometimes that's a little hard to overcome. So being as normal as you can. So that way they go, oh, you really are the same person. Like you weren't acting as my pastor. Like you were my pastor, but you were my friend. And even though you're not my pastor now, you're still my friend because you're a normal person. Like you let me in. And I think it enriches our discipleship with people when they can go, man, this guy lets me in. Like he he doesn't put on this facade and he doesn't, Try to be something he's not. And and I think that really enriches our development and discipleship of our own lives uh, and the lives of, of other people. But again, I think the number one thing is ego. So, Ben, let's think about ego for a second and all of this. I think anytime you stand in front of people, whether it's a small group or a, a, on the platform, I, I think the idea of narcissism can come into play. Um, and that can really affect the transparency. So let's think about ego and transparency. Why, why is it that uh, ego gets in the way, aside from the fact uh, that we're just simple people, but how do we deal with ego?
1: Well, I think one of the things we've got to realize is when we're in a position of leadership, there are gonna be people who will uh, say kind and flattering things about us. Uh, and we have to be careful not to believe everything they say, because the truth is we know ourselves. And to keep that humility and knowing that God really knows who we really are and not believe all the headlines and not begin to take ourselves so seriously. I mean, it's that old adage, we take what we do extremely seriously, but we don't take ourselves as as seriously because I'm not the integral part of the ministry. The Holy Spirit is, the Word is, the body of believers is much more integral than I personally am. So don't believe everything everybody says about you. And that will help keep your ego in check. And maybe it's good for you to have a few uh, people who are against you in the ministry. That keeps you humble and keeps you uh, honest in that. And so it is, and it goes back to that pride issue, which is probably one of the biggest issues in leaders and ministry is when pride goes unchecked and we let it begin to swell within us. And it, and it may not manifest in a way that is what we would typically think is pride, but it can be a unteachable attitude or spirit uh, where we have to have our way or where we think our way is always the best way um, or you know, just in how we present ourselves like, hey, I'm somebody. And we've just gotta be careful to just be humble and genuine and who we are in the pulpit be who we are not just in the pew but in the uh chair at the restaurant in the barber's chair be that genuine same person and be able to have the same type of conversations and there are places that you can be more casual more more open but be the same person still don't don't have a different persona in the pulpit than you do everywhere else
0: yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday about uh, whenever you see somebody out of the context you normally see them in, a co-worker, teacher, pastor, I think that's where that normalcy comes into play, letting them, letting them understand, I saw you at the grocery store, and at least intentionally, you were not a jerk, right? You know, I, I had a guy one time get mad at one of our associate pastors. I like, man I saw this guy at the store, and he didn't even speak to me which is a loaded whole deal, you know, and I was like, well, you know, uh, I'm sorry about that, whatever. And I asked about our associate pastor. He goes, I never saw that guy. Like, what? I, I, don't, I didn't even know he was there. So yeah, I think just there's things you can't help, but it is just having that normalcy trying to be uh, that person, which again goes back to our own pursuit of godliness and holiness of having that integrity of calling and of life, of our salvation, uh, all, uh, aligned together in that. Um, so being, you know, I, I think, I think we've all been around those guys that do like to talk about themselves more. Um, and then we've been around those guys that tend to only want to know about what's going on in your life, but they never let you in. So how, how do we bridge that gap of, uh, not being the guy that talks too much but also not being the guy that never lets anyone in i mean again i think it is a wisdom issue but i i'm trying to think through best practice on that
1: so i think we've got to have some groups of friends and we've talked about this in other episodes i know about having that close group of friends we can open up to and who do know everything about us we need some of those type of people but we do need some people that we can just relax with we can do recreation type things with where it's not always got to be a bible study it's always got to be in pastor quote unquote mode but we can just be one of the other guys one of the friends still leading still giving a godly example about what it means to be a faithful christian in those friendship environments so we do need those places that we can you know let our hair down a little bit um and be genuine and show our frustration when we have it um show our care our concern in a way that's maybe a little bit deeper than we can for the congregation as a whole um, those more close friendships so we need those type of things And I think those covenant relationships also, which are challenging in ministry sometimes, especially within the ministry context, but those are those things that keep you humble and focused and genuine because you do know, you know, if you get up and say certain things, there are probably some people out there who know that's not the case because they really know you and you're genuine with them. So that helps without having to tell everybody everything that goes on in your life, in your heart, in your mind, you do have some who really know you and know the real you. And you're not gonna get up there and, and say something contrary to that. Well, I do it this way when they know better and they're sitting out there. So I think that's maybe a stopgap for us as leaders. If there are people who do know us, they know our real frustrations, that keeps us from you know, elaborating too much and exaggerating how we handle things, how we should respond, what we do in given situations.
0: Yeah, no, that's always great to have those people um, and I think the I think the Lord gives us some people like that in these local churches that we serve in, that can say, "Hey, listen, you you sounded angry in your sermon. You you appeared uh, a little uh, you know put off when somebody uh, mentioned something. Or yeah, you said something, and and listen, you know that, that was just a fish story, right? It was not nearly what you said it was. So having those people and there's that transparency. So we can't let everybody in but we do need to let some people in so that they can know, uh, the real us and help us. And, and that is painful. Listen, I'm one of those, I hate asking for help. I don't, uh, you know, I, I just don't want, I have some issues. I know that I have to work through where I have to be very intentional about transparency. And, uh, you know, I think having that wisdom, again, that biblical wisdom that says, as I honor the Lord in this ministry, I need to let people in on this. Now, as a side note and i'm not sure we necessarily want to chase it, we can if you want to I don't know if we want to but. A whole nother host of issues, it would be like oversharing, like on social media, you know we we don't need your opinion on everything I think. I think there's some ancillary items that we could kind of draw into it, for example, you don't we don't need your hot take on something that happened five minutes ago some thoughtfulness is very helpful. And again, I think we've touched on that before, but I think it does play into this. If you come from the pulpit, you know, or from your teaching position or your ministry position, but then on people on Facebook go, man, this guy's a loudmouth on Facebook. Oh, my goodness. I think that could be an issue.
1: Yeah, contrary to popular belief, you don't have to comment on everything that happened to the culture immediately. So I think being guarded in some of those comments. Um, maybe that's where you give more of the platitude, Christian, hey, we're praying for you, we need to be concerned, and, and not give those hot takes on whatever's going on. Let some dust settle before you do that. Coming back to your other point, though, I think one of the things that we can do to guard against having those tendencies to exaggerate situations is we need to give people who are in our ministry permission to call us on the carpet, Go beforehand and say, hey, I need you, if you ever hear anything that, hey, it doesn't sound right, it sounds like me bragging, or if I ever say anything and exaggerate the truth that you know, I want you to come tell me because I don't want to get into that rut. I need you to hold me accountable. So have some of those people you can trust. Um, you know, Ask them, did I sound too haughty? Did I ever sound condescending in the way I talked? Did I ever sound aloof? Give people permission and even put them out there and say, hey, I want you to listen to my tone, to what I say, how I present, how I even hold myself. Is there something I need to work on that will make me more approachable, that will make me more genuine, that will make me uh, more appropriately transparent?
0: Yeah, there's so there's so much benefit to having people in your life that can talk to you that way. There's a lot of benefit with just a growing self-awareness Um, And and I'm going to say, honestly, you know, you'll hear a coach say you can't coach speed, right? Some guys are either fast or they're not, but you can coach technique. Sometimes we don't have awareness and we need folks just to help us with technique, help us to develop that skill set so that we can be better aware. Because again, at at the end of the day, we say it often, God's entrusted us with his people to teach to lead, to serve, to be a part of, not making it about us, and uh, you know, it's 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 easy to uh, it's just easy to really make it all about us. It's a very slippery slope because emotionally, spiritually, even physically, this is a very demanding um, job that that we do in ministry, and so it's real easy to make it all about us and forget uh, what God has called us to do in glorifying Him. So, you know, dealing with our ego, getting people uh, using that biblical wisdom. Ben, any, any final thoughts or points on that transparency? I mean, I think we all know we need it. And I, there's an old saying, uh, if you think you're communicating, you're probably not. So it's something along those lines. If you think you have transparency, maybe you don't. So I think it's always good to revisit every so often and go, what processes are in place so that I could be normal and real?
1: Everything needs to be evaluated in some way. So I think that's one of those areas and areas of being transparency and appropriately transparent, is we need some evaluators and, and point out a few people, some leaders in your church that you respect, that you know love you and are, are wanting your good that can, you'll let them speak truth to you and you'll really consider what they say um, to evaluate your own transparency in the pulpit. Is it too much? Is it not enough? And could you do a better job at it? So, yeah, I like it. I like
0: it. You know, when I was uh, coming out of high school, so I I, I surrendered to the ministry, called to the ministry, whatever you want to call it kind of in high school. So I knew I wanted to go to Bible college, right? I knew I wanted to go find a place where I could train for ministry and meet friends. And uh, we're so thankful for our sponsor, Central Baptist College. Uh, If you go to cbc.edu, you can find all kinds of information about degree programs, not just ministry. They have all manner of undergraduate degrees happening right now. Um, They have a Pace College degree program. So maybe you started college, you didn't finish. They have an avenue for you to do that. They have start dates all throughout the year for that. So lots of opportunity at Central Baptist College to uh, follow God's calling your life, and just get better equipped for whatever job that you're going to um, so that you can just grow in a Christ-centered environment. So we can't thank them enough, cbc.edu, visit them today. And uh, if you're winning the ministry like I did, Ben, I don't, I don't know about you, but the first time I had a preaching class, I thought this was a pretty good sermon. And uh, whether I wanted to or not, Dr. Thomas, I had to let him in because he had to tell me not so much. He, <laughs> so he kept
1: your ego in check. He kept my ego very much in check.
0: So That's let way. those guys in.
1: We are thankful for Central Baptist College, their ministry, and their support as Charity Leaders. We thank you for being a listener. Share, like, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so others will find it as well. Hope you have a great week. We'll catch you next time.
0: You've been listening to Chair Two Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.